one of the most important things that we did was for every one of his combat actions, we sort of applied, we came up with a, a single pose that sort of was emblematic of that action. And so, you know, when he was in that very unique recognizable pose, you knew what he was going to do. Hey, what's up, PlayStation Blockcasters? This is Aaron Kaufman. I'm the Senior Community Manager at Santa Monica Studio, and we are taking over the PlayStation Blockcast with a new limited miniseries called Worlds Collide. In this limited podcast series, we're bringing together different departments across our studio that collaborated together on a feature to evolve God of War. Now, if you watched our full-length documentary, Raising Kratos, you got a glimpse into our journey reinventing our franchise. On this episode of Worlds Collide, we're focusing on our boy, Atreus. This young god, sorry everyone, spoiler, son of Kratos, was without question the most important pillar of God of War that defined nearly every direction we took in narrative, exploration, and combat. For Atreus, we knew we needed to build a systematic AI that would scale and maintain his believability across both the narrative and gameplay. So, while we worked hard on developing his positioning, traversal, and progression, it was Atreus's core combat system that became an even greater monumental challenge. The design, tech, and animations of Atreus's combat, it was meticulously planned for almost every imaginable gameplay situation, including how he interacted with Kratos in Battle to Boot. So, on this episode, we're bringing together our senior tech combat designer and senior animator to discuss how Atreus's combat went from feeling mediocre to feeling empowering and eventful. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Happy Friday. What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? How's everybody doing here? Good, I guess. Yeah, doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. How's 2020 going? Good kickoff? Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> we should probably introduce you guys first, right? Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, Why don't we, uh, as we usually do, go around the horn here? Okay. So my name is Hayato Yoshidome. I'm a, uh, what was it, senior staff combat tech designer, uh, and I've been at the studio for almost 10 years. Wow. Uh, I'm, Sorry. <laughs> that's impressive. I'm Jack Evansteiner, uh, senior animator, gameplay animator. Uh, I've been here about three and a half years. Awesome. I, I've always been one of the side, though. Um, I've seen senior staff yeah. on a lot of people's titles, and um, I was just wondering, like, what what is the senior staff part of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's is it just, just like, lingo, or no, is no, it's just a... one level above senior. I mean, it doesn't really. It, all, it's all the same. It's all senior, honestly. But <laughs> yeah, it's just. I guess yeah. Like, from senior to, like, lead, I guess, there isn't really, like, a middle ground. So they just kind of created something that's kind of similar to, like, a lead status, even though you are a senior. So you're not necessarily working on, like, managing people, but it's more about content creation. Okay. Those people are about, like, they're going to be senior staff, you know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, that's what I Senior assume, staff. actually. Yeah, whatever. We're in the Dude. presence of greatness. <laughs> respect the staff. <laughs> Jack, why don't you give a little bit about your history, kind of where you've come from, kind of leading here to Santa Monica? Previously, I, I've jumped around a lot. Um, the first half of my career was predominantly uh, working contract, kind of honestly jumping from crunch to crunch. And so I kind of uh, made it around to quite a few places and... Uh, then I ended up at Naughty Dog for about a year and a half, uh, working on The Last of Us, and that kind of launched me into uh, a number of other things. Um, 
just prior to this, I was at Treyarch working on Black Ops 3. Oh, cool. Um, so I was doing that for probably about three years. Um, and that had been my, my longest gig. That was my first ever, like, actual staff. Not in the same sense as high out there here. <laughs> oh, uh, but my first ever staff position. Keyword of the, the podcast <laughs> yeah. episode. <laughs> After that, I was kind of just looking for, you know, a little bit of a, a change of pace. And I've always really loved, like... The variety of of stuff that we do here at Santa Monica Studio, you know, creatures and and big bosses and high spectacle and stuff like that. So yeah, that's why why I applied here. And I know you're part of the unofficial gift squad. You've oh yes, create some, absolutely, some, yeah. Some of the most iconic gifts of all time. Yeah, yeah. So I thank you profusely. It keeps my Twitter feed going. I mean, I'm I'm grateful I get to do it. Yeah. The Brent Rambo kids thumbs up. Yeah. You know, the Ron Swanson throwing the computer away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you said it on my GDC. You did, you did. Those are really my proudest accomplishment here, I think. What's more important than a good GIF? Can we just talk about that now? We could, mm, yeah, for 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, and Hayato, a little bit about your uh, your history kind of leading up to today? Yeah, oh, man, I don't I can't remember that far back. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, I actually um, moved from studio to studio, actually, and then um, I always wanted to work on an action action game, uh, melee combat game, and then when the Santa Monica Studios kind of offered me, you know, a, you know, an interview, I like immediately grabbed onto it because I like God of War, and um, yeah, from that point on, I guess it's history. But um, what was interesting is that my job title at the time was like tech designer, and then the studio really didn't need tech designers or combat tech designer rather. So um, my position was a little bit of like a mystery. Like it's it, it was never like solidified in the company, but I, I guess I managed for ten years. So I guess I guess it's fine. <laughs> I guess, but it was like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a combat design, tech design. I don't know, in, in between. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I started, and um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of it, I guess. So that that is a a perfect segue to the kind of what do you do? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I, I know um, you know the both of you sitting here are are two of the key folks that helped bring Atreus to life in our, our last God of War game, and that's really what we're here to talk about today. Uh, kind of the first time we've created like a real true companion AI uh, for Kratos for this franchise, and so. You know, Hayata, I know this was this feature was was really your baby along the way with many, many people, you know, all facilitating. It was everybody's baby. Um, but for you in particular, you really didn't have much experience developing companion AI and this was such a fundamental pillar to the game. I mean, how did you how did you fall into this? That's a very good question. It's a mystery, actually. Um, like your staff title? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just, just kidding. It just happened. I was like, what is this staff title? What is this? Um, no, uh, so <laughs> that's like a backstory, I guess. So when we were on Int 7, um, Corey did his, he did his first pitch of the game. And he was talking about, you know, it's going to be in a Norse uh, mythology. And it was sounding really awesome. Um, but one thing he mentioned about a companion, I was like, oh, man, whoever's going to be working on a companion, screwed. We don't have, like, any, like, any foundation to make a companion. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, I was like, man, whoever's going to work on that is going to have a hard time. And obviously, like... <laughs> when we jumped into this project, we're like, oh, hey, hey, you're going to actually work on Atreus. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like, why? What's happening? Like, and it wasn't like I really seeked out to, like, actually create a companion AI. That wasn't really, like, my forte or anything like that. I just wanted to, like, create some of, like, you know, like a combat system that's kind of, like, 
you know, uh, sy- systemic in the combat scenario we have. I was want to create something like that, but um, this whole, like, when they were presented with this thing to me, I was like, well, I guess I can try. Um, and I kind of went with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's still a mystery. I don't know who actually made that call. Maybe one of the leads did. I don't know. Maybe I... I don't, I don't know. Maybe I pissed him off or something like that. Like <laughs> you take a trace now, but uh, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. So what were I mean? What what was like your first immediate challenge with? Yeah. To, yeah. To create a trace. Right. So at the time, uh, we had um, we actually had a couple of combat designers that were kind of um, kind of researching a trace. So at the time, there was Howard Tang, Mihir Sheth, and then myself. Uh, we were just kind of compiling like what it takes to make a good companion AI, and you know they were doing a really good job. So I was like, all right, like maybe I don't have to really work on Trace, but but that never really <laughs> came true. But um, but yeah, it was m- mostly just like constantly like researching and stuff like that, and um, just dissecting all these different types of games. It wasn't just purely like co-op games like we would look at um sorry um ai uh, co-op games we're looking at actual co-op games you would play together with another friend and stuff like that so it was just encompassing a lot of things and yeah we took a couple of months just doing that and then we just came up with a list yeah and i know um uh with naughty dog there was a uh, max dykoff who was one of the, the key creators on uh Ellie, yeah. it was a big inspiration to you, especially in your, your GDC talk, which, by the way, I'm going to upsell high out to no, this GDC no, no, talk. No, listen to it. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it. it. No. Go to sms.playstation.com slash is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, t- talk to us a little bit about what uh, what of uh, Max's work and the team at Naughty Dog on Ellie was, was a big inspiration for you. Yeah, so uh, Max actually was... Um, like gracious enough to actually come to our studio and he actually presented a GDC talk in front of us. And um, the thing that really stuck was, uh, I, I shouldn't be laughing, but he said he treated, um, you know, Ellie like his own child and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, kids. I, I mean, kids are great and all that stuff, you know, like nurturing and all that fulfillment. Now, that's great, you know, but for me, like, I'm not about that kind of stuff. So uh, when he said that, I was like, oh, man, like, how, how should I even treat a trace? Like, and... Um, what it comes down to is he's going to be a companion. So whenever I'm playing a co-op game, you know, uh, with my wife or whoever, I expect a certain type of like proficiency from my co-op partner. So I was like, oh, you know what? If I treated or if I actually designed a trace like a co-op partner, maybe uh, that might be it might be worth it or something like that. So like just just thinking about like how he treated uh, you know Ellie, I was like, oh, well, how would I treat you know? A companion AI. I think that like gave me a, some insight as to like how to approach this problem. So, yeah, I mean that that's pretty much it. Um, all the other like technical stuff he mentioned, like uh, how he, how he does like pathfinding and stuff like that. Yeah, we we really like dug deep and kind of like uh, got inspiration for how to how to do that kind of stuff. But mostly like the part where he said he treated um, you know Ellie like his child was like that was the number one takeaway for me actually, <laughs> even though I didn't take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kids. Uh, I'm a, I'm a dad. I have a four year old, and uh, okay, they can definitely be a burden. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they can definitely be uh, be be very smart and insightful, like Atreus. Once right. in a while, they're also wisecracks. Yeah, smart asses. <laughs> yeah, I, I like my sleep. But we love so. them the most. <laughs> yeah, I like my sleep and free time. So I'm, just, I'm gonna put it out there like that. You're obviously both not dads right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh no. I mean, okay. I mean, no. <laughs> After no, last no, no. project, we are now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he's the, he's the birth father. I'm, you know. 
Sort of an, an adopted parent. <laughs> you guys could be brothers. You never know. Yeah, we could be. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> So uh, if we uh, just kind of jump ahead in time, you know, um, I remember around uh, when we sh- when we did the E3 2017 demo um, and we sh- was, was the first time we kind of showed off a little bit of Atreus's combat and there were some pretty vocal fans, you know, on one hand they were talking about his audio and worried that he was going to be talking a lot and that that was going to get in the way. But on the other hand, they were concerned that, you know, he seemed a bit like a burden and um, and we'll get to kind of how you guys overcame that, but just in that moment as developers, like how do you, how do you guys both feel? Like how do you guys kind of take that on as a challenge? Honestly, uh, for better or worse, I don't think I felt that pressure quite the same way that Hayato did. Um, no, no, that's not true. It's totally true. I don't know. I mean, I, I came into the project part of the way through. So uh, when I said that I was an adoptive parent, I meant that. I actually just found out today that I was the fifth animator to be assigned to Treyas. There were four more before me. Uh, you know, Melissa, Melissa Shim, James Che, Bert Clemente, Dennis Pena. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, I mean, they all still work here. Let's make they that all clear. still <laughs> work here. They do. It wasn't like the four came and one was chopped. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> to, you know, sent back home from the island. Yeah, like. no, they were just shifted on to other things. Yeah. That's all. Um, but, I mean, they all take some credit here, too. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, for me, uh, in regard to that pressure, like, it's always much easier when you're not starting from the blank page. It's 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 much easier to change something and, and add to something when there are already marks on the page, you know? So in that regard, it was a little bit easier for me, whereas Hayato was starting, like, fresh from the beginning, ground yeah. floor. Yeah, it was all right. It was a cakewalk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was pretty bad. Uh so even from like the public perception, even before that, even the developers were giving me stuff like that where um, it's it's under, quite understandable. Like in the meetings, people be like, when are we cutting a trace? I'm like, thank you for invalidating all my work. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, there, it was a valid comment because when you look at trace, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, how are we going to even ship this kind of thing? And then, you know, I get some pep talks from, you know, um, uh, you know, the tech lead at the time. He's no longer here right now. He'll be like, well, you know, if ever a trace gets kind of like, you know, uh, cut, you know, these are a couple of things you can potentially think about. I'm like, okay, I guess that's the level of confidence you, you're you like kind of giving to me. So, um, but you know, like actually when the E3 like demo was shown and stuff like that, it was actually kind of interesting because uh, I thought like everybody was going to hate on Atreus given what we've shown and stuff like that because it's kind of hard to immediately attach to a character that you don't really know and you know it's kind of a bit whiny at the time but like yeah so so but everybody didn't really give that vibe off not everybody a lot of did but not everybody so that kind of gave me hope and um when people were like talking about Actually, on YouTube comments, they were like, oh, like, you know, it's like Ellie, like it's a uh, boy version of Ellie or like all, all these things that kind of like bugged me. Like, I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to focus on my job and just make sure that uh, we'll ship a ship a product that people won't really bash on. That was like my, that was like my uh, main goal. Like people won't complain about Atreus. Like, that was the bar. Yeah, that was the bar. Because like, I don't know how to make a companion AI. Like that's going to be the best thing I can do. So, um, but yeah, it was just really just kind of just taking all the criticism, just kind of moving forward. I was like the entirety of the project, I guess. <laughs> I guess that was the other thing is, is I didn't really receive a lot of that criticism, those 
those sorts of questions. You kind of shielded me from that, so. Well, so, well, like like the public perception, you mean? Well, I mean, people coming to you and saying like, so oh. when are we cutting a tray? Oh, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, that. Yeah. I never got any of that, so. Yeah. It was a little bit easier for me. Out, out of curiosity, what do you recall the point in the project when people stopped asking when are we going to cut a tray? When it was like. He's permanent. He's part of the game. Yeah, There's, it's not even it's not even up for consideration. I think Corey got super upset. I don't want to say anything about Corey, but I think Corey was like, "Dude, we're not gonna cut Atreus. Like, stop saying that kind of stuff." So I think there was like a mandate saying, like, "No, Atreus is going to be in the game." I think at that point it's a matter of, well, if, is he going to be in combat or if he's just going to like just follow you around? So that was like the question that was kind of burning around and of, of course you know I came to the studio to learn about combat so of course I want Atreus to like participate in combat so I mean yeah I, that's what I kind of pushed through so yeah and I think it was around that point when you guys started integrating Atreus more into combat and you came across you called it the the silver lining when he became more of an autonomous character in combat and was acting as almost like a like a defense for Kratos like a distraction yeah um and, uh, and he became very useful. So you kind of solved this one problem, but then you created the other of his presence was feeling very uh, less and undermined and almost like, you know, where is my boy? Yeah. So uh, let's let's kind of dive into that. Sure, yeah. So um, the main thing is like uh, when I was, how I approached Atreus was like, how can I make Atreus be useful to... Um, like the battlefield in a way. So like if you're if you're like playing like an RTS game or something like that, you'd be like, oh, if this unit went over here and kind of ticked these guys out and whatever, that'll be really useful. But uh, when you're playing a third person, you know, action game, like the players aren't typically looking at the battlefield as much. They're focused, like hyper focused on the character they're fighting. And so yeah, um, even though I thought like when Atreus was doing something in the background, kind of like, you know, pulling aggro and stuff like that, I thought that was good. But in reality, most people didn't even recognize that. They didn't even think that was useful because what it didn't coincide with what they're trying to do, like kill this enemy. So that was like a, that was like the biggest like, oh yeah, like what am I even doing? Like I should really think about what the player wants to do rather than what I think is good for a battlefield. And yeah, that, that's kind of how it all started. Hey, sorry, I, I, did I just see? Did I not answer your question? Sorry. No, you did. Yeah, okay, 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 yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, like all the things that he's doing, you know, it, it really just came down to like, it, at the time, like he would play an animation and it might do something, but the players won't really recognize, like, oh, was that useful? Like, what, what exactly did he do? Right. So, like, communicating that he's actually doing something useful was the bigger problem. Like, under the hood, like, when you look at all the numbers and data, he is helping you, like, um, kill the enemy in front of you quickly, but you just can't feel it. So, and that's where Jack kind of saved the day and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as how animations play into it, making the, the silhouettes more dramatic and all of that, uh, I mean, the thing about animators is that we always want to make really big, dynamic, bombastic animations. Um, you know, we're kind of always just waiting for the opportunity. So, I mean, that, that's really the fun stuff. And kind of at that point in time, uh, with the, the new direction and tone that we were going for, settling on exactly what the feel of the game would be meant that the, the pendulum, you know, really swings back and forth quite often, like in terms of the, the physics and uh, the timing and the posing and, and all of that stuff. Um, like one week, it's it's more real world like people saying for every shot every arrow shot he needs to actually like draw a new arrow out of the quiver right <laughs> but then the next week 
people are like, oh, we actually lost some of the fun there. Okay. What if he can shoot eight arrows per second? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, and then people saying like, you know, we need to make the the poses more heroic and you know stretch out the hang time, that sort of thing. So, so when you, um, well, let's let, let's go back to Jack. Like when you when you first came onto the project, were you immediately assigned to Atreus? No, uh, that actually came in probably, I want to say like four or five months uh, into my being here. Um, I was first assigned uh, just sort of whatever was falling through the cracks at the time, like just a bunch of miscellaneous things. And then my first big assignment was the Dark Elves, which were sort of going through a, a revamp of their own. Uh, someone had already done a pass uh, on them, and and um, I think they just weren't quite fitting the bill, like when they were set up next to all of the other enemy cast. And so uh, they assigned it to me and just, Kind of, I was starting fresh on that, um, so that that consumed the first like few months, and then as that was starting to come together, I I, I mean I was a, a contractor at the time, I was still relatively new here. I'm not sure what possessed Medi, my lead, to to throw you into Atreus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, you want to be the you know the sole owner of Atreus? I'm like, oh god, all right. I did. I remember sure. the first time you actually came on board. Really? Well, actually, well not on board. I, I didn't know you. I mean. Sorry, <laughs> like I didn't know you, but um, when you worked on, uh, I remember first interaction because you worked on, um, when you worked on Atreus, and we're talking about Atreus, I was like, hey, you know the game, like, Last of Us? And you're like, yeah, I worked on my, oh, shit, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I was like, whoops, I didn't really do any research on, you know, background. So that was like my first interaction. I'm like, well, I just look like an idiot, like an idiot in front of you, so I'm like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. So. so where did you guys... Um, you know, okay, so let's let's go back to like chapter one of kind of you know improving Atreus and his his animations and kind of like fixing this issue of presence, right? Like, you know, for kind of the the novice and the the, the advanced person listening out there, like, let's first talk about what is what what was the fundamental problem? Like, what when we say Atreus didn't have good presence in the battlefield, what does what does that actually mean? Yeah, so just kind of like the, what I just kind of touched upon. Um, well, I guess the really easily easiest thing is he wasn't on screen as much. And even if we even if he's on screen, you couldn't really tell what he was doing. So that alone was the biggest problem. But the moment we the moment we actually uh, made it so that he had a reason to go in on in front of the screen, that's when you're like, Oh, okay, I think I understand why like Atreus is wanting to go to that specific location and stuff like that. And that's when you're like, oh, okay, I'm starting to feel his presence. He's starting to kind of like kind of f- figure out what my intentions are and he's trying to read my intentions and kind of uh, follow what my uh, actions are that's when you start feeling um, sorry I just keep saying presence his presence I guess no, it's, 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 a great, it's a great word like staff <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, staffing presence <laughs> there are a yeah. number of issues right because he's he's also really tiny just yeah. physically you know yeah. uh, I mean we have levels we have arenas where there's tall grass that is as tall as he is, you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's really, really easy to lose him. And and until he gets his, his higher level armor, his like, you know, Ferrari yeah. red and, <laughs> yeah. and like gold foil armor, yeah. he's he's in like really earthy colors, you know, so it's really easy to lose him. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying, I mean, initially he was preoccupied with dealing with the enemies that specifically weren't your focus yeah. as the player, you know, and so you're focusing on this guy and he's off dealing with the rest. So naturally, you're not going to know what's going on over there. You're not going to split your attention that way. So where do you, when you're, when, you know, in the early days when you're, Jack, working on 
improving his animations and making them more dramatic, like where does your head begin? Like where do you where do you start to draw the inspiration from? Like how are you like how do you go about thinking about that? Um, well, I think I think one of the most important things that we did was for every one of his combat actions, we sort of applied. We came up with a, a single pose that sort of was emblematic of that action, and so. You know, when he was in that very unique, recognizable pose, you knew what he was going to do. Um, and through the exaggeration of the physics, you know, making him jump higher. I mean, he regularly jumps like six or seven feet in the air, you know. <laughs> um, and so with him jumping higher in the air, getting above the enemy's heads, hanging in the air a little bit longer, um, and striking these these more dynamic poses, you're able to... Uh, recognize that he's setting you up in different ways, you know, so you can sort of plan your attack around what he's doing better. Um, because previously, um, you know, a lot of the other animators did, like, really great previs and prototype work, um, but, I, you know, I was mentioning, like, the pendulum swinging back and forth between, you know, like, hyper-realism and Looney Tunes, and, you know, they were doing a lot of that work back when things were a little bit more realistic, and so... You know, if, if Atreus was going to jump on an enemy's back, he, you know, would jump like a foot or two in the air like a kid would. And so the player wouldn't actually recognize that he had incapacitated an enemy until several seconds into the fact, you know. So you're losing like quite a bit of time. You're missing that window to actually act on it. And so I think the big turning point, honestly, was the... Uh, the first enemy grab when he jumps up in the air yeah, I think and right. he like holds the the bow with both hands like way above his head and then slams it down and and uh gets into his like combat piggyback mode how did that how did how did that move specifically come about the actual like design and style of, of that move because that's that's a badass move uh yeah let me think of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i think it was uh, Bert or James, I forgot who it was, but the concept of actually like grabbing an enemy was in the game, but it was never like realized as something that we can use like actually in gameplay and stuff like that. But there was there was some kind of there was something there. Um, yeah, actually, I actually forgot. Like I, I just know that we had that and that we had that type of animation. And we were wondering, like, oh, if it's going to work or not. And I think Jack just kind of took it over, maybe? And then you just made it better? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that's kind of how it happened. I mean, at that time, uh, we were already starting to position Atreus behind the enemies yeah. pretty regularly to keep him on screen. Um, and so if we wanted him to, to grapple an enemy, like, that was the only way to do it. The only way for you to, to see that anything was happening was to, like, actually get him up above the enemy's head, you know, which involved him, again, like I said, jumping six feet in the air uh, and and hanging there for, like, a good second and a half before actually, you know, 
gripping the the enemy. Yeah. So we're like deliberately doing a bit more of the Looney Tunes, you know, yeah, suspension bit, disbelief. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we have to, yeah. right? Totally, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, uh, when you're playing other games, uh, typically when your co-op partner does something crazy, like the camera cut to them, just have some kind of VO and all this crazy stuff, but we don't have the luxury to just like cut the camera to where the, um, you know, where the uh, companion is. So like every time... Atreus would do something, we have to ensure that the player actually sees everything and stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot of uh, great animations, Jack. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. You guys, uh, you I think in your GDC talk or somewhere along the line, you talked about kind of Kratos and Atreus being almost like the, the Splash Brothers, which... Uh, you know, can't I can't I can't say exactly who the Splash Brothers are, but for all the for all the basketball fans out there, everybody knows who the the Splash Brothers are. Yeah. Um, but uh, where where did that analogy come from, and how does that apply to the game? Uh, yeah. So our uh, our our savior Jason McDonald, he always brings up a lot of sports references when it comes to like team play and stuff. Oh, like I didn't know that, that about him. Yeah, That's yeah. He loved like if you just mention basketball, you're just you're on his good graces. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I you know I don't play sports as much, but I'll watch games here and there and stuff like that. But I do I do um, value the type of uh, teamwork that they uh, present you know to each other and stuff like that. So just looking at like how they position themselves, and you know like. W- like in basketball, when people are moving into position, some people will just like pass without really seeing where their teammates are, but they know the the ball will actually, you know, uh, be passed correctly and stuff like that. And just kind of like the fact that you knew that the uh, the um, your teammate was going to be there is a good sign of like, oh, they're actually like in sync with each other. They, they know how they're going to uh, kind of work together. So um, when we're tackling this like, um, you know, um, like teamwork aspect of Atreus and Kratos, we want to make sure like when you're as a player, you kind of know that Atreus will want to double team on the target you're fighting against. So naturally the position that was best was behind the enemy target. And, you know, just like, you know, when he grabs an enemy, he'll jump in the air and do this kind of stuff. Or if Kratos like launches an enemy, he'll actually like fall with arrows. Like everything is kind of like framed so that you'll see it. And then, um, his positioning just makes sense for all these follow-ups to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> just look at sports and <laughs> just kind of emulate the video games, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that no, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. And, and you know, like not only like positioning stuff, like we also looked at um, you know. Um, like volleyball, like w- like the bump spike and you know whatever bump set spike or whatever. Um, like that concept also is applying to Atreus because it's not just um, when Kratos does something, Atreus does something. Like Atreus will sometimes do something uh, to the enemy that creates an opportunity for you to do something. So that would be like the set. So uh, Kratos can do the spike. Like those are different types of. We looked at different types of like you know. Um, themes in like uh, sports and then we try to kind of incorporate it into the game so it's not just basketball (laughs) what's the uh jack question for you what's kind of the 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 pipeline between the two of you so like you're sitting at your desk you know teams like we need more aerial moves because you know we know if we see atreus higher up near he has better presence yada 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 like what walk us through kind of like the inception of an aerial animation and, and then how eventually you and Hayato work together to, I guess, implement it. Uh, or any animation. It doesn't have well, to be aerial, but... Well, that, that need generally comes down from Hayato. I mean, like, he and I... 
Like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're staff. You're staff, man. It comes down to, to no, me. No, no, no. I wasn't staff uh, back then. Just a lowly senior. Um, and, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think, first off, the, the combat design and animation like interdepartment relationship, I think is probably one of the the closest uh, in the in the studio. And so we're generally chatting most of the day every day. Uh, and so you know, part of our conversation would just be like, okay, what have you been thinking about? like what's what's he sort of lacking, you know and and a, a big part of the the design at that point was trying to find the windows you know, for Atreus to, like, slot himself into, um, whether that be a, a reaction to something the player did or, um, you know, something to set the player up. Um, and so, yeah, he would just tell me, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I've, I've found this moment uh. that we could probably have him do something. And then we'll just kind of ideate, brainstorm back and forth. Well, actually, we'll probably be talking about, like, I'll, I'll be talking about, like, VR at him. Yeah, that's that's generally yeah. how like most of our days went. Is we kind of just shot the shit for like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, eventually yeah. it always comes back around. Well, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, because we would start the day with you coming down with your like Rocket League cup filled oh, yeah. with like like some delicious smelling drink. <laughs> and we're gonna start talking about like you know VR stuff. Talk about what about the... I, I try to convince you to play D and D. Yeah, D and D that nice. kind of stuff. Whatever, man. And then uh, yeah, we will actually talk. <laughs> I mean, maybe we shouldn't be saying this, but... <laughs> it makes, it makes, it makes <laughs> it sound really irresponsible, you got, you got, you got the, You got the job done. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, but we would spend, like, maybe close to 20 minutes at times just talking about nonsense stuff. Yeah, but and nonsense led to good shit. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. part of the, the process. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the process, yeah. We were just, the like... time these, is important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're blowing off steam. We're just like, all right, we're kind of tired. Let's just talk about this crap and then focus, hone in, and then we'll just actually talk about Trace, and that was... That went, it was like that like every freaking day actually like yeah. close to every day yeah at the time yeah yeah and so I mean at that point I, I would head back upstairs because we were like we were actually even though we worked together every single day we were like separated by quite a distance yeah. in the studio yeah uh, <laughs> Honestly, like, I wish I had a Fitbit because like I would be getting my steps in every single yeah. day yeah um, but yeah, I would go back upstairs and I would take a crack at it, you know, whatever it was, um, spend just like a couple hours blocking something out and, uh, send it back his way. And, and it was actually, it was a pretty rapid yeah. process, you know, like he would, uh, you know, get it implemented in like the next like couple hours and we we're able to iterate on things pretty quickly. So you're, when you say blocking out, you're, you know. Atreus does a flip in the air or a twirl or whatever. Yeah. You block that out in like a, a gray box, you know, rough animation. You hand it over to Hayato. Mm -hmm. You implement it in the combat scenario or in combat in general and know the moment where it could get triggered. Uh, yeah, that's essentially it. Um, I have the easy job. I just like smash my face on the keyboard and just, just happens. I'm just like, oh, this is all you need to do. And voila, it's in the game. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a lot easier, like once everything's kind of set up. I just plug in his animations and kind of see how it works in uh, in game and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, as long as the animations keep coming in, I can just keep just churning out the scenarios. <laughs> yeah, so uh, essentially, yeah, it was like, pretty great. We actually got to try some pretty zany stuff that definitely had no place in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of my favorite ideas that sadly never made it in was. Uh, because when we're we're trying to support that one pillar of the game, right, which is the the father son story, right, um, and so 
we're thinking of like father-son bonding activities. And uh, so we actually had this working in-game. It was pretty phenomenal. Uh, as the player, if you elicited a flyback reaction on the enemy and Atreus was kind of in that collision course, he would use the bow to quickly hook the guy and throw him back to Kratos. So if you timed it really well, you could basically play catch with your son, <laughs> tossing his jogger back. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. We almost had a jogger baseball catch. Yeah. Almost. Holy crap. Another almost. reference to Holy baseball. Yeah. Where would we be? Yeah. That animation is actually, I think it was actually still on a tray. I forgot to delete it. Yeah, no, it's it's on disc. It's yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah. think so. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's one of those things where... The one people, Easter egg that we yeah. still haven't discovered. Yeah, okay. you know, people say like, oh, reduce the memory, reduce the memory. I'm like, oh, shut up. I'm going to keep it <laughs> just in case we need it. I'm like, I'm going to keep us, it in there. Yeah. So yeah. Our culture here is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's actually an interesting segue about the, the bow. Um, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but the bow was or was not always intended to be a melee weapon, but when it was introduced as a melee weapon, that opened the door for a lot more possibilities for you guys. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's dive into that. Yeah, so um, there's just so much history behind the bow because, um, you know, when you think about a kid shooting the bow and arrow, you don't really think of them performing this crazy poses and stuff like that. He'll probably shoot as if, like, the instructor told him to do it, like, like an Olympic uh, bow shot. So when Atreus does a really, like a bow shot also doesn't take like 20 seconds or it's not long, it's just really quick, like maybe 20 frames or something like that. So when that kind of stuff happens in the battlefield, you really don't recognize that he actually did it. You might see an enemy like get hit by an arrow, but in the heat of the battle, you might not really register that Atreus was the one that shot the arrow that caused the reaction. So, so none of those things registered. And so, so one day, like, uh, you know, even in the narrative, it kind of supports it. Like, uh, the hero is saying, like, oh, save your shots or, and all that stuff. So uh, when Atreus, you know, kind of saves his ammo for the most part, but um, he uses his bow to actually, you know, hit enemies instead, that actually, you know, made it seem more... Intim is a wrong word, but like when Atreus is actually up in front of the enemy and they're actually attacking each other, that's when you actually see like, oh, something is happening in the battlefield and you actually recognize that he's meleeing. That was like one of the more important things that happened to Atreus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as as like ideating and like creating the attacks, yeah. uh, I a, a lot of it is, it's probably conceptually some of the simpler attacks to, to make, um, in large part just due to the like form factor of the bow, you know. Um, we just kind of debated the different ways that you could wield it um, and like what the strongest ways to, to strike would be with it. Um, plus, you know, channeled a little bit of like baseball or, or golf in there, here and there. Um, we did actually have like a lot of crazy ideas with that as well that just totally didn't match the game. Well, let's talk um, about some of them. Like, one of them that I, I really liked, actually, uh -huh. was uh, uh -huh. the ability to uh -huh. Go un on. unhook the string from one end <laughs> of the bow and holding the other end, swing the bow around like father, like son. You know, it's like his own version of the blades. Sure, yeah. No, no, that's a great he, idea. He that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a hard sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I can't. I'll probably get fired if I suggest that kind of stuff. So that's where I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to not suggest that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, like, when we're actually thinking of, like, bow swings in general, I think, like, 
It's still slightly unnatural-ish, I think. Like, like when you see movies and stuff like that, you might see like the archer guys kind of doing a melee swipe and stuff like that. But they don't really like say, "Oh, I finally got a bow. I'm gonna fight." You know, I'm gonna start like smashing people with this. You know, bow. It's not really like that. So I think initially it was kind of unnatural to see that kind of movement on Atreus, but. Because naturally he has a knife, so people kind of gravitate towards using the knife initially. But you know, um, the knife is a problem because, like, when he does swing the knife, you can't really see that he actually swung the knife. So uh, initially, we tried to put like crazy trails and all this stuff, but he looked like a ninja doing so. Like when you would like run up to a guy and like with his knife and like swipe, he just he did not look like somebody that we wanted to kind of create. So um, yeah, I mean, in the both bow, yeah, it's. It was still a challenge, I think, even though we decided to melee swings with that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the key, as far as the animation goes, is just to like make sure the the overall gesture of the motion looked normal. It looked like you know he was swinging any other melee weapon, not to make it look like he had to hold it in an awkward way. So as long as that overall gesture was all right, then I think we were able to sell it fine. Yeah, you were able to sell it. That was not my job. <laughs> Well, maybe it was. Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> um, it's all you. So between uh, kind of improving his presence and the melee combat and kind of these, you know, more vivid, dramatic animations, um, <clears throat> once all those things started coming together, at, at, at what point in the project, you know, from the moment you came on, Jack, as well, um, did Atreus really start, did you guys kind of have that, like, that aha moment, like, okay, we're on to something here, like, his combat is fun, People are reacting to it. Like, do you recall any specific moments you're in the boardroom with the team or a meeting or you're just at your computer? Like, where, where were some of those moments happening? Um, you, want, you want to talk about it? <laughs> okay, I, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, so, um, it never really happened. I still think Atreus is terrible. <laughs> 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 well, we're all very cynical of our own work, so it's okay. You, can, you, no. can, you are the creator. You can say that. <laughs> um, actually, um, yeah, I, I think... It all kind of came in pieces, actually. Like, um, once you press square with Atreus, this sort of thing happened, and, you know, you pull aggro and whatnot. And once that started to work, I'm like, okay, this is kind of getting better, but his autonomous stuff is kind of crap right now. Uh, and then once that started to start to come in, you know, start to take shape, I was like, oh, okay, um, now it's getting better. And then the animations got way better, and, you know, all these other things kind of culminated. So... It's kind of, there wasn't really like a, oh, that's the exact moment. Maybe, maybe when the, the uh, playtesters said like, oh, this was kind of like, Atreus was kind of cool. Maybe that was like the validation point. Um, I never really, <laughs> I'm such a pessimist person. So I was like, oh, what are you doing? Anything? It's, it's still crap. Don't, don't, don't say that kind of stuff. But um, honestly, I think like everything kind of. kind of improved and once everything was kind of at a place where it's represented in a game where you can actually like recognize what's happening I think that's when it happened I actually don't know the specific point that that it happened though it kind of just it's it's kind of a blur actually (laughs) yeah that's for both of us yeah we actually both have pretty terrible memories. Yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> not, like, not not bad memories of the experience working on it. Just yeah. bad recalls. What I mean. Yeah. Great memories. Nothing yeah. but good memories. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, me, let me ask you this, Hayato. Uh, you said earlier, um, you know, Jack saved the day. Yeah. Like, in your own words, what what does that mean to you? Um, I think you can take that literally. <laughs> like, uh, um, 
Yeah, like all the ideas, like like as a combat designer, like you have all these ideas and stuff like that, and then you you have plans for, you know, what would happen if you know X and Y happens and stuff like that, and then as you're working on it. You, as a creator, will understand what's happening in the battlefield, but most people will not recognize that at all. And to bridge the um, what I want, um, well, actually, to bridge like the understanding what I want to show to the players, like when the animations are great, that's when like players start to understand. Oh, like that character wants to do this and stuff like that. So without that, I think well, without I mean. Before Jack, there were all these animators that worked on it. They, they did a great job and stuff like that. But you know, Jack kind of closed out a lot of the animations, and um, without that, I think people would not have understood what Atreus was doing in combat as much. I think if we uh, actually if we didn't get Jack, actually, so yeah, he kind of saved my job. That's why I have the staff title. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me a promotion. <laughs> You're very welcome. Well deserved. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was that was probably the one of the key elements to the fun is is like like the primary driver for that was uh, along with the occasional banter line um, was that the animations were giving the player a solid heads up, uh, you know, that Atreus was doing something, you know, whether that was like he was about to to trip a Hellwalker or a grab or, or kick a Draugr or something like that. He was teeing you up, and so he was even if he was capable of doing that before. Uh, it wasn't until you could recognize it and actually utilize it that, you know, it started feeling like he was a competent partner in combat. On top of that, I think I think I think the animations themselves kind of add to the fun too, not just the functionality. Um, I think the functionality is probably, you know, ninety percent of it, but I think the flavor of the animation on top, you know, can add an extra little well, a little button to it. I agree. Um you know, the more dynamic they are, the more visually uh, pleasing they are to watch. And, you know, like when Atreus has some guy in a hold uh, and Kratos launches them in the air and he does this piggyback flip and then kicks them down to the ground, like that's way more interesting to watch than if he had just jumped off and hit him with the bow again, you know, even if the effect would be the same. Right. That flavor, I think, makes it a lot more fun as well. How do you guys... Uh negotiate kind of your wild and crazy amazing animation ideas versus what Hayato needs in the combat scenario. I mean, <laughs> do you guys give bland. a take or do you generally like aligned? I mean, how do you how do you guys negotiate this together? Uh yeah, I guess I'm blandish in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Every, every, every idea that we arrived at was definitely like it was like improv. It was definitely like a give yeah. and take, a yes and sort of situation. Very organic, you know? very organic. But yeah, see, like like when <laughs> we would have an idea, and if we didn't laugh or if we didn't like chuckle, it's probably a bad idea. Like the moment we we're like, oh my god, what is this? Or like this is ridiculous. That's more like okay, I think we have something. Mm-hmm. So whenever the um, like the idea. Or like the animation start to look like an anime where you've seen it from a crazy anime. Then we're like, I think we're on the right track. Yeah. And then there are forces that would kind of push it down to reality. But that's kind of like the, for me at least, I think that was like the, the starting point of like how much laughter has happened. Mm-hmm. And then that will determine. And I mean, the good kind of laughter. Not right. not the, oh my God, you idiot. That's not going to work. <laughs> not that. But it's like, oh, maybe, maybe this might work. That's like the laugh that we're constantly kind of looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. At least I was. Yeah, absolutely. And my main goal with anything that I do here is to infuse 
everything with as much anime as I can. Uh, I know that it's going to get squeezed out, so I want to try to like make sure that there's a little bit left over. Uh, a couple more questions for you guys, kind of closing out here. Um, you've you've actually you've made some kind of really cool comments about stuff that was on the cutting room floor, and and I love asking everybody that kind of comes into the the melting pot of this podcast. You know, if you if you could go back to the cutting room floor and you know improve anything or bring something that that was left cut, um, you know, what what is that for each of you in your own disciplines? Uh, well, I think Hayata could probably fill like another several episodes with just this question. <laughs> um, or something that we didn't have time to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's always that. <laughs> I mean, my biggest regret, honestly, is the fact that the runic summon birds don't, oh my don't God. bank Who cares? when Who they cares? turn. Nobody cares. They don't Nobody bank cares. when they turn. Nobody cares. They steer about left that. and right like cars do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had to script It's that. a travesty. Yeah, because my math skills are terrible. <laughs> That's why they just turn like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, I mean, there was there was a bunch of stuff that I wish we could have gotten in. Um, at one point, he had like a, a really fun slide on the ground through an enemy's legs, and he'd like pull the knife out and catch him in the Achilles, oh, like wow. Kill Bill style. We had this idea actually where he would go into a, a loop where he holds a, a knocked arrow up in the air and you could use the blades to ignite the end of the arrow or the axe if you threw the axe to uh, like freeze the arrowhead and it would give him this like supercharged elemental shot for some crowd control. I like that one a lot. I think another really big one for me, um, coming back to father-son bonding activities, uh, was paired execution moves. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, sure. Like, <laughs> Currently, you know, if he's uh, in his, like, tactical piggyback, like, holding the holding the enemy in place, if you run up and you hold R2 to do an axe cleave, he'll just jump off the back. He'll just bail. Um, but what I wanted is uh, he actually stays on the enemy, gets a foot in that divot that the axe made, and just, like, kicks it wide open to finish the guy off. Yeah, it's a little, little nice. gruesome, but... <laughs> That's the sort of stuff that I wanted to do. Yeah. That might have been a little too much. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe a little cold-blooded for that kid. Yeah, but. maybe. But, yeah. As far as I would, I yeah. want to put in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to put everything, like, honestly, like, okay, I might be, like, kind of being whatever, kumbaya but, like, all, all the all the work that, like, animators do, like, a lot of it actually doesn't get into the game and stuff like that. So I, every time, like, you know, uh, an animation doesn't get into the game, I always feel kind of... I feel responsible for the the thing not going in and stuff like that. So as much as possible, all the great work they've done, I want to put in the game and stuff like that. But it's re- it's true though. Um, so things like yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things, but maybe the, one of the more memorable one was like the dragon summon. I guess like we did a pass on like a trace being able to summon a dragon, and he had like a, the dragon could enter in. He'll do like flybys and stuff like that. So you know, a decent amount of work went into that as well. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, That's I guess wild. <laughs> it is. It is wild. And Crazy. it was. Yeah. That was when I was just kind of screwing around. I mean, I shouldn't have been screwing around, but like I was like, ah, it's you know, it's it's beta. It's time to screw around, add more features, and um, yeah, that's one of the things that I kind of wanted to put in. But luckily, um. Eric Willens at the time, he's like, oh, don't put that in. Like, um, he told me, like, if you put that in, everybody's just going to use that, so don't do it. I'm like, that's, that's some sage advice right there. So I was like, okay, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. So, But, yeah, there's just so many things that, like, uh, we cut and we just couldn't put it in. And uh, uh, there's a graveyard of, like, assets and like, uh, animations I would want to put in, but sadly we couldn't, yeah. 
Actually, on the note of uh, you screwing around during beta. Oh, like every day? Yeah. yeah what, thanks. Yeah, I think you're going to be fired I now. Think, <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite moments was actually it was during an all-hands meeting. Um, I don't know exactly when this was. It was close to the end, though. Yeah, it was, it was close to way end. too close to the end. Yeah, uh, things were pretty tight, and and we were supposed to be like more or less pencils down on adding new content to the game. Uh, so you know we're like polishing and tuning and bug fixing that sort of thing. Um, and so anyway, we're getting a production update. We're looking at the schedule, seeing what time we had left, and they throw up this huge image on the projector, uh, an image of a bowl of mac and cheese, and they they reiterate. Absolutely no noodling. Okay, like noodle time is over. <laughs> That's a fun little little visual pun. Um, noodle time is over, and uh, with that like giant bowl of noodles on the screen, I was standing next to Hayato's desk. By the way, I look over, and he's in the middle of creating, like actively creating the entire runic summon system. <laughs> like. I don't think anybody actually knew it existed at that point. You knew this, it. You were part of it. Don't, not, don't blame not it on me. Point, dude. We were in it together. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you can blame it on me, but I we were in it together. There's no way out of this. It was it was like total rogue agent stuff. Yeah, it was rogue, yeah. yeah. Um, at that point, like, it was it was so early on, you weren't even noodling. You were, you were still, how'd you put it? You were still salting the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just boiling the water, putting some salt in the water and be like, all right, maybe, maybe it's still not boiling yet. So no noodles yet, yeah. pre-noodle. But it's good that we have a culture here that allows us to noodle around until we see the mac and cheese. <laughs> Absolutely. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is, that and is. And then the next yeah. day, continue to noodle around and talk yeah. to VR and RTS and then yeah. get our shit done and <laughs> yeah. do amazing stuff. It so, was unplanned. It, know, was, it was, was unsanctioned. And, but it ended up being... One of his best features. Yeah. And that right there is why Hayato is a legend. No, that's not. And no, Hayato's no, He's a legend no, in these halls. He saved no, no, the day. No, no, no. It's not you true. Did. It's not true. You saved the day. I didn't, actually. That was just all, like, frustration built up. And I'm going to do something interesting. <laughs> just, I don't know. Well, 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 we'll call it a draw. We'll say you both saved the day together. Because that's why you guys are here talking together about this topic. Nah, fair. Right, sure, I'll take that. Uh, nah, yeah. yeah, maybe. It's a draw. I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything, yeah. but okay. You guys will continue to battle on it for days. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we always like to uh, give everybody the opportunity here to say uh, any any words to the fans out there. Any uh, the main reason that we are here today, the number one reason that we create games is because of our fans. So, uh, love to hear if you guys would like to share any any words uh, with all the amazing God of War fans out there. Hayato, why don't we start with you? Yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for. Everybody that has played the game, um, it means a lot to me, mainly because I can also eat and get a paycheck. <laughs> um, no, but it's okay to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it is okay. I mean, it's true. But, it's uh, the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, uh, but thank you for um, all the support and, like, um, like uh, every time I see everybody kind of put their creative work and create, like, fan art or something like that, I get truly inspired because um, you guys really love the game and makes me want to work even harder. Uh, for whatever my whatever I'm working on and stuff like that. So thank you so much for supporting the game. And I'll just second that. Uh, I mean, the fan art is absolutely amazing, and and thank you everybody for playing. Uh, thank you for giving our boy a chance and and not bullying bullying him too much. Uh, he's strong, but he's a sensitive little guy. Uh, and really, all we can hope for is that our work resonates and and creates a connection with people. Um, that's why we do it. So thanks a lot. Awesome. All right, you guys get back to noodling around. Yep. 
<laughs> I guess, I Whatever the hell that means. Or just keep laughing the rest of the day. That's, fine <laughs> yeah. That's what we do best. Keep laughing. So. Right on. All right. Cool, cool. If you're interested in working here at Santa Monica Studio, we are actively hiring for our next project. You can learn about our studio and more about all of our open roles on our official site at sms.playstation.com. And if you're one of the many fans out there that wants to engage with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Sony Santa Monica or on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram at Santa Monica Studio. If you enjoyed this episode of Worlds Collide, please hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening to this podcast. From everybody here at Santa Monica Studio, thanks for listening. Hey folks, this is Sid Schumann from PlayStation Blogcast. We hope you enjoyed this special episode of the show, which gave an inside look at Santa Monica Studio creators of God of War. We'll see you next week with a normal edition of PlayStation Blogcast.